on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. Your host right here, Dave Sturchio. Sturch from the Chop Sports Daily. I'm here. I'm here to also say for one more time, at the very least, who knows how far this can go, the Dallas Cowboys have won a football game. The Dallas Cowboys are 6-1. and one. The Dallas Cowboys are in firm control of the NFC East as we enter the month of November. Now, do I want this bad boy wrapped up by Christmas? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. It'd be nice if we had it wrapped up in the first week of, uh, of December. And you know what? That's a possibility. The Dallas Cowboys don't play another division game, okay? They don't play another division game until December. That's insane to me, okay? So for the next couple of weeks, the Cowboys have a lot of games, gettable games, meaning when I say gettable games, they can win all of them. They can get all of them. But let's get into what we just watched. Now, I'm recording this on a Monday, which usually I'm usually recording on a Tuesday but it's too, I'm too amped. I'm too excited. I'm too pumped up to wait one more day. I need to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and what they got going on when it comes to what just happened. Okay. First and foremost, all afternoon long, I'm sitting there refreshing Twitter. And I understand that there's been already rumors and, you know, everything that's going around and Dak Prescott, he travels with the team. And, you know, it's, it's just, everybody's all signs are pointing to the fact that this kid might play, Right. He does the warm-ups, and I'm refreshing Twitter, and I'm like, this is insane. I'm I'm listening to Michael Gelkin and another guy. I forget his name. I can't, I'm sorry to not give him any credit, but there was another guy who was literally dropping uh, videos as he was warming up. So each and every individual stretch this guy had, I was watching as it happened, okay? I was watching as it happened. And look, I really thought, I truly thought, after watching it over and over again, of the things that he was unable and able to do, I thought he was going to play. I really did. I was like, then you saw the the conversation with McCarthy, and then you saw Jerry Jones out there. There is a lot of uh, factors that went into this, and I think that the Cowboys ultimately, now I only say this because they ultimately won the game, but I think they made the right decision here uh, by resting him one more week. Now, going into this game, I said on Thursday, I said Cooper Rush could beat the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of people attacked me, attacked me on Twitter. A lot of people were like, are you out of your mind, Sturge? Have you seen what this guy has done for this team, which is basically next to nothing? Okay, the guy has done absolutely nothing in his career. So how can you get be so confident? And it wasn't that I was confident in Cooper Rush. I was confident in the fact that this team built around him was better than they were last year, and they beat Minnesota already with a worse team last year. The defense last year, you all remember it. I mean, come on. It was the worst defense you've ever seen, ever, statistically, ever. You know, So the defense has been playing great for the first five games of the year, or six games of the year, as they went in five and one. Um, And and you're thinking to yourself, all right, if the defense could play comparable football and we can score a couple points here and there, like, let's do it, you know? And, And I think that they have a chance to make some noise as long as the game plan is in place. And I think that kudos to Kellen Moore, who called a perfect game. Like there was a lot of times where it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't executing. There was no execution. The passes were bad. The, you know, the, the routes were, were good, but the throws weren't there. And if it was Dak, we know he would have, he would have made the connections and he would have did his thing and yada, yada, yada. The, the narratives were there. But I wasn't going into it thinking, hey, they're definitely going to beat the Minnesota Vikings with Cooper Rush. I just said that Cooper Rush could beat the Vikings. And here I am standing to you, standing before you as a man saying he did. He did. And he did everything he was asked to do. 
The first half was rough. Okay. The first half was absolutely rough. It was tough to watch. And I was, you know, I'll be hard pressed to say that I wasn't feeling a certain way where I was like, you know what? This, it, this isn't looking good. We're not going to be able to score any points. We might be able to hold them. You know, we might be able to play some good defense throughout the course of the game. But if you can't score, you know, what's the point? You know what I mean? Um, and we went into halftime with that mentality, you know, down 10-3. And you're like, oh, my God, we got a field goal out of this. And Greg the leg is missing again. Like, I guess he sucks again. You know what I mean? And it's weird. I think he's a hash kicker. If he's pushing, keep in mind this. Watch this shit as you go. If he's pushing the ball, like if he has to push it to the right, he's good. If he has to hook it like like a, almost like a pull hitter, it's not it's not the recipe for disaster. So going forward, put him on the right hash and let him push the ball. Okay, push it to the right. In any event, uh, so yeah, Greg the leg, couple more problems, but overall, the Dallas Cowboys came out firing in the second half. They had a massive play to Cedric Wilson. You know, as I record this again, it's Monday, so the day before this will drop on a Tuesday of the trade deadline day, and. Obviously, there's there's moves to be made. I, I don't know if the Cowboys make any moves. Why would you mess around with anything, any of the chemistry right now? You know, they traded away Jalen Smith uh, for a reason. He just didn't fit the mold. Like he wasn't he wasn't a good football player. I, I know I keep banging that over the head, but I'm, I'm being honest. Um, but like there was different things where that's why you make those moves. And that's why, you know, it, it, it's very easy to make those moves when you know you can improve your team by like addition by subtraction at that point, right? What can the Cowboys do right now? Well, here's a couple theories I might have uh, of what the Cowboys could do, not what they should do, but what they could do. So via injury, we lost Jabril Cox for the rest of the season. He tore his ACL. And I hope obviously we're, we're all as Cowboys nation works, you know, excited to see the kid back. Um, and, when he gets back, we'll, we'll be rocking and rolling with him. But now we're down a linebacker, right? Does that open up the gates for a, um, you know, for, I mean, you take your pick. It, it really, Luke Gifford, you know, maybe maybe he gets a little bit more reps or maybe a little bit of, um, I'm just drawing blanks today, Francis Bernard. You know, there's there's guys out there that are on the team already and could be serviceable. Or do you make a trade? Uh, we saw today that Von Miller was traded, and we'll get into the Broncos in a little bit after the break because that's our next appointment uh, opponent. Um, Von Miller traded, so now you're like, okay, you know, so people are making moves to get better. The Rams got a whole lot better. Now, will the Cowboys get a lot better? Who can they trade away that wouldn't upset the chemistry of this team? One name comes to mind, and I'm not saying I want to do this. So don't get me wrong, and don't quote me on this, and don't tell me that, like, oh, I can't believe Sturch just said, trade this guy, trade this guy. There's nothing to that extent. I just think that it could make sense. Michael Gallup is on his contract year. He is an amazing receiver. I think his the sky is the limit, right? But right now you're seeing the emergence of both, both not just Cedric Wilson on, on a couple nice plays against Minnesota, but Noah Brown has been a guy that we've liked for a long time, and he can easily be your wide receiver four, and, and Wilson could be the three. Where does Gallup fit in now? Is this going to cut into the time of one Cedric Wilson, who is playing all world, not only as a as a receiver, but now he can throw the ball. You know, we saw what he can do. So that that that's alarming. Do you want to mess up the chemistry by bringing in a Michael Gallup again? Now, look, again, Michael Gallup is great. He is absolute stud. I think he's, I think he's going to get even better as he goes. I, I truly believe that. But if you can get something for him right now in, a, in an area of need, and when I say area of need, I say linebacker and I say edge rusher. 
Randy Gregory has been a man possessed. And I said this from Jump Street. I've said this on the Jersey Boys podcast. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it from the mountaintops. I've screamed it that I was most excited of this season. Throughout everything that we have as a team, I was most excited to have Randy Gregory in a full season capacity. No suspensions, no bullshit, no nothing. He was going to be on our roster the entire year. And right now it's paying dividends. However, you can get better on the other side. And I know we're all waiting Demarcus Lawrence to come on back. But what if, what if he doesn't come back full strength all year? It's a possibility. These foot injuries are tricky. You know, these these foot injuries are are risky. So we don't know what to do when it comes to defensive end. And right now, yes, they have a couple guys that are filling in, and I do appreciate them, and I do think they're good, right? And Basham has been – he's like a, a Bash brother with, with, uh, with Randy Gregory, right? And the interior between Watkins and a couple like, – these guys by committee are, are doing great, and we're expecting even more guys in the interior to come back. That's where I'm thinking that, like, I, this might sound ridiculous – but the six and one Dallas Cowboys don't really have any crazy holes. They don't have any glaring holes. But if you can improve the stock of a potential next year, because if the Dallas Cowboys keep cruising the way they are, right, chances are they're going to have a 20s or higher pick next year, maybe like 25 or higher if they're a playoff team, right? So technically, right now, you don't have that, that good of a decent first round pick. So could you move in Michael Gallup for a first round pick to a team that's struggling right now, in which will be at the front end of the draft next year. You know, this team, as far as the depth, they have guys behind them. You saw it like you saw the Rhino package, the Hulk package last night, where Lyle Collins and Connor McGovern were coming in to play double fullback to block for Zeke. Like we have depth, right? So where are the holes? The secondary, obviously Trayvon Diggs has been lights out and his streak came to an end last night. No interceptions, right? Unfortunate, but it's okay. They'll still wind up with like 12, all right, maybe even more. Um, there's still time to improve the secondary. However, watching Anthony Brown last night, very impressed. I was very impressed with Anthony Brown last night. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm tired of seeing the back of this guy's jersey. In one-on-one press coverage, Anthony Brown's pretty good. But can they get better is what I'm saying. And look, you don't have to do anything. You don't, You truly don't have to do anything. I'm just thinking that if the Dallas Cowboys are under this impression of a 365, uh, 24-7, 365, you know, player acquisition, yada, yada, yada. Everything that Steven, Steven Jones and, and Jerry Jones have sold us on. If this is the if this is a thing, then then they make a move tomorrow at the deadline. If it's not, then they don't. And, and I'm not gonna be for the first time ever, I'm not gonna be mad that they didn't make a move because you're sitting here at six and one, and the next team next to you is Philadelphia. And as I record, the Giants are tied 7-7 with the Chiefs. But who knows where they're going to be after this week. But even if they do get this win over the Chiefs, they'll be 3-5. and five. They'll still be three games back, four in a loss column. You know, so like you do have a little bit of a stranglehold on the NFC East, but it's not about that anymore. And I think that's where I start to turn the tide when it comes to, you know, worrying about the NFC East. They're not looking good, okay? There is nothing in the NFC East that scares me. However, the Cowboys still have to take care of business. They still have to go out there and beat the Denver Broncos. They still have to go out there and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Look, these teams, yes, they're in a little bit of disarray, both the Falcons and and the Broncos, back-to-back weeks at home. This could be two really good games for the Dallas Cowboys. We don't know yet, right? But you also don't want to have a letdown game, right? 
So there's a lot of things to discuss. Obviously, there's a lot of things in the news going on with the Dallas Cowboys. And just keep your eyes and ears glued to my Twitter, to uh, at Dave Sturchio. I usually I'm following and I'm in the know with a lot of guys that are within the organization that know what the hell is going on when it comes to this team. Now, I don't know if they're going to make a move. I'm not in that. No. And I don't think that Gallup has been shopped. I don't, I don't think so, but there's, there's moves to be made. And I think that the Cowboys are in a position to do that. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we have ourselves a week eight, week eight. Yeah, no six and one. That's seven. How to buy eight week nine. How about that week nine in the NFL? Wow. Holy hell. Uh, it's been a week for me. Um, it's, it's very, uh, it's very apparent. It's been made very public on uh, on the Daily Show that before we go to break, I do want to say this, that if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, chances are I became a dad for the second time. Um, I, I, my first son has been born. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm emotional about it. I think that this is something that I've been wanting and waiting for my entire life. And don't get me wrong. I am a girl dad through and through. Uh, for two years, I, I raised that little girl, and I will continue to do so to the best of my ability. But when it comes to having a son, this is something that I've dreamed of my entire life. I've seen how much fun my dad has had with me and my brother. This is exactly what the doctor ordered, and I and I think this is going to be great. So as you, you listen to this, chances are I'm, I'm holding him for the first time right now. So it's kind of crazy to say it. Saying it out loud makes it even more real. Um, so obviously, if you're listening to this, my guy, uh, I love you, uh, Miles Douglas, okay? Miles, just after Miles Austin. That was my guy. <laughs> so, Miles, uh, your dad is very proud of you already. And let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Denver Broncos. What's going on, guys? This is Sturch, and I got a question for you. Have you ever dreamt about flipping a house or buying an investment property? I know I have. There's a reason why house flipping is out of reach for most people, and that's because of a lack of information. Flipping Made Easy is for people like you who feel drawn to the world of house flipping, but they don't have a clue as to where to start. Check out FlippingMadeEasy.com. Here, you'll find comprehensive and easy-to-understand information about every stage of the house flipping process. You'll receive access to millions of houses ripe with flipping potential. Hundreds of expert guidance explained through research articles and easy-to-understand video content. And thousands of vendors for all of your house flipping needs. Subscribe to FlippingMadeEasy.com and become part of the flipping community. Right now, if you use the promo code CHOP, you'll receive a free t-shirt and a 30-day, that's right, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's FlippingMadeEasy.com. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. All right, welcome back to All About the Star right here, week nine on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Dave Sturgeo, recording this bad boy from the man cave. That's right, I'm home right now on assignment awaiting the arrival of my little man. Uh, as I record this, it will happen tomorrow. There is a scheduled time to, to make all this magic happen. Uh, so I am recording this from home uh, in case anything were to happen <laughs> while, it, while it's happening. 
Um, so anyway, the Cowboys, they're six and one. And I'm glad I'm recording this and not having to listen to Michael Strahan right now as he comes on with Peyton and Eli. And shout out to Peyton and Eli. They have made the Monday night broadcast phenomenal. They've really, really, first of all, Peyton, one of the smartest dudes I know. Eli, one of the most dry comedic guys I've ever met. I worked with the Giants in 07 as an intern. And trust me when I tell you, funny, funny dude. Uh, if you didn't know that I worked for the Giants as an intern, shame on you for not knowing my backstory. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, I got that job right out of broadcasting school, and I had to take it. I actually applied for the Jets, and uh, they're they're the Jets need uh, the Giants need, needed me. But anyway, enough about that. The Denver Broncos are coming in. Uh, these guys started three and zero, and the teams that they beat were bad, and the teams that they beat were should have been beaten. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously QB one over there now. We didn't know how long this was going to last. They made the decision to go away from Drew Locke. Uh, they've shaped the offense around Teddy Bridgewater. Those receivers, those receivers over there are very good. They scare me. I don't care. The Cowboys could be undefeated. The Cowboys could be world beaters on every single week. The receivers on the Denver Broncos scare me. Cortland Sutton doesn't drop anything. Jerry Judy could take the top off. Okay, you got Tim Patrick who can catch a million balls over the middle, and Noah Fant is fantastic at what he does. That's a great receiving core. Okay, it's just about getting to Teddy, it's about making him uncomfortable, it's about flushing him out of the pocket across his body to make bad throws, and then we can cause some turnovers. Right? So, I'm looking at this team and their running game. I mean. Melvin Gordon has been a thorn in the Cowboys' side. And let's not forget, you know, he's a terrorist when it came to being, you know, uh, with the Chargers, okay? I mean, that was that was hard to stop, right? And now you have Javante Williams, who's coming up as a bulldozer, okay? This guy can run the rock. Now, where do they lack? I don't know if this is a fire sale. I don't know. The fact that they, the, the Broncos traded away Von Miller for two twos, right? Or no, I'm sorry, a second and a third to the LA, uh, LA Rams, which, by the way, the Rams just stockpiling right now with no cap space, so don't tell me that's not a myth. Um, but I will say that the Broncos have traded away their biggest gun. Now, do they still have guys that can play defense? Yeah, absolutely. But that's where I think the Cowboys have a little bit more of an edge here uh, is that their offense, with Dak Prescott, have you, um, can really put some points up, especially at home, especially at home. Um, this gives me Tony Romo, Peyton Manning vibes. I, I I don't know the last time we saw the Broncos come to Dallas. It feels like it's been a while, uh, but the Cowboys are getting back home, and that's where the home cooking comes in. You know, th- those guys have cooked at home. They've scored points at home in bunches. 40 burgers galore were on the menu. So I think that the Cowboys can get back to doing that. I really do. So now where does this put the Cowboys? Like, I'm not looking too far ahead, but I do have the Cowboys winning this game. Like, if Dak Prescott is playing this game, which – all signs point to, okay, you know, McCarthy said he's going to be a full go by Thursday. Listen, he was a full go last week. They really did side on the uh, on the side of precaution, which, again, I get to a certain extent. I didn't want to go too crazy. I didn't want to, you know, read too much into it, but I think the Cowboys may ultimately made the right decision. Uh, and now you get 100% Dak back against the Denver Broncos, and the Cowboys are 6-1. and one. So how far can this go? How far can this go? Can they beat the Broncos? Yeah. Can they beat Atlanta? We'll preview that next week. Yeah, I think they can beat them, too. Could they be eight and one going into Thanksgiving? You know, is that a thing? That could be an actual thing. And it's it's crazy to think about because nobody had this team like this, except me, of course. You know, if you listen to my Jersey Boys podcast, this is exactly where I had them, to be completely bluntly honest. Everybody kind of laughed at me, and I was just like, eh, well, guess what? Here we are. They all laughed at me when I said Cooper Rush can play and win what a football game, too, didn't you? But the Cowboys are could go as far as 
they want to go. And I think it's finally time to start to praise, not so much praise, but start to give the respect and the kudos to Mike McCarthy. Now, I know there's a lot of guys, including my business partner, Chris Gucci, who's the biggest, biggest, biggest Green Bay Packer fan, hates Mike McCarthy kind of like we despise Jason Garrett, right? And it's not that we despise the man, right? We just despise the result. You know, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett would have lost the Minnesota game. I'm telling you right now, a Jason Garrett coach team would have lost the Minnesota game. They might have even lost the New England game, okay? So this Jason Garrett team uh, would have been uh, uh, really just not, not in the same situation. Would they still be in first in the NFC East? Maybe because they're that bad. But the Cowboys have put themselves in a better position right now under Mike McCarthy. It's time to start praising the coaching staff. Between McCarthy and obviously Kellen Moore, Boy Wonder, the future head coach of the Cowboys, and then you have Dan Quinn dialing up everything under the sun. That defense last night, and there was a couple times that I looked over to my dad and I said, look, they could win this game. I know it sounds ridiculous and they haven't done anything. This was before, I I think it might have been actually after the uh, Cedric Wilson play, right? And then like the, the Falcons keep going three and out, three and out, three and out. I'm just like, they're not doing anything. You know, they're not. They're not impressing me at all, right? So here I am thinking, okay, you know what? The Cowboys can win this game. And you got to kudos to the coaching. You got to kudos to the coaching. But anyway, it's been a heck of a week. It's been another Dallas Cowboys win. It's been uh, just an incredible season thus far. Here we are in week nine. We're heading into November, and we have such a big lead in the NFC East, which, again, I am the kind of guy that says, keep the pedal to the metal. Do not sit around and say like, well, you know, the Giants and the Eagles and the the Washington football team, they'd keep losing. So we're good. Like we're not good yet. Let's just keep winning. Okay. Is the first seed a thing? Could that be a thing? Well, after watching Tampa Bay lose to the Saints and, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers doing his thing in Green Bay. And of course, LA now is stacking their defense. The defense, I mean, uh, the NFC in itself is absolutely loaded. Okay, but as something that R.J. Ochoa said a couple weeks ago, the Cowboys do not want to finish as the four seed. Okay, you have to finish three or above. Reason being is that nobody and I mean, nobody wants to deal with the fifth seed. The fifth seed's going to be the loser of the NFC West. But if, if, if all things play out the way they're kind of shaking out, you could potentially see the Los Angeles Rams if the Cardinals keep going the way they're going. I don't know if the Cardinals are about to hit the skids. I have no idea. But if the whoever loses that division, you know, that's going to be a tough game. Home or not, it doesn't matter. Of course, it'll be home because you win the division. But do you really want to deal with that? Do you really want to deal with with Kyler Murray and, 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 and you know, Stafford with the Rams? You, know, like, you don't want to deal with that stuff. That That's garbage. So let's get the one, the two, or the three. Those are the goals now. Those should be the Dallas Cowboy goals, not only to get a win, but to actually play a wild card who either A, backed in, B, just has no reason being there. You know what I mean? Like, those are the seeds you want. You want to start talking about seeding after, you know, if they win next week, they'll be seven and one, eight games in with nine games to play. So as long as they played 500 football down the stretch, you're still looking at 13 to 14 wins. That'll get you where you want to go, right? So we have put ourselves in a position to get to where we want to go. And I think it happens. I I truly do. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but here we are. 
So for Dave Sturchio, I want to thank you guys again for downloading this podcast. I am putting a lot into it this week. Not, not so much video element, and I apologize for that. Not that you want to see my ugly mug anyway anymore, but I am doing the best I can to grow this podcast. Be sure to tune in to all of the podcasts that are on this network. We're growing. We just eclipsed over 40,000 uh, downloads. Actually, within the day after we announced that, we were at like 42. So we're on our way to 50,000 downloads. That's the next milestone we want to hit. We got things for everybody on this podcast network. Just search Chop Sports on whatever platform you're listening to. It's either Spotify or um, which one go, or iTunes or Google or Amazon, however you're listening to this. Be sure to subscribe. Look up Chop Sports. On Mondays, we have our daily. On Monday through Friday, we have our daily show from 11 to 12. If you want to watch me and Chris Gucci go at it every day, 11 o'clock on our YouTube channel and our Facebook group, look us up, Chop Sports on Facebook. You can join the group and debate with everybody. Heavy Cowboys presence because I brought that shit. <laughs> so heavy Cowboys presence over there. Go check us out over there every day. Now on Tuesdays, the Jimmy Palumbo show. Uh, Jimmy Palumbo has been a great add to this network. He's been an actor for God knows how long. He's been doing it a long time. You can notice him in the movie Beer League as Johnny Trino. He has his own podcast, and it's hilarious. Tuesdays also drop our soccer podcast. If you're a soccer fan, we have the Squeaky Bum Time podcast, and I'm very excited about that. Um, Those guys are really moving forward and really doing great things. Also on Wednesdays, usually you have the football drops, okay? You have the Packers Pulse, which had a great debut last week for Chris. Um, you have the goddamn Jets with John Sapinero and Kim Cantoni. Those guys do wonders for the New York Jets who are coming off an improbable win. You thought we had a win with Cooper Rush. They got one with former Cowboy Mike White, all right? Uh, the goddamn Jets drops. And then obviously on Wednesdays also, Chart Choppers, a really good countdown show hosted by Alan Austin, very cool dude. Uh, go check him out as well on Thursdays. Till Mets Do Us Part, it's our baseball podcast. The Mets are hosted by Matt Ibanez and, of course, John Sapinero doing double duty uh, for our network. Coming soon, the Cross Court Cast, which is going to be a basketball podcast, NBA and college basketball focused with a little bit of a Knicks spin because go Knicks. And then, of course, Friday's back. We have the soccer podcast. We also have I'm Your Football Team with Keith Ernst, my co-host from the Jersey Boys. We got a massive network to go search out and support. We're really hoping that this end of the year is just turns around and, and well, not turns around. We're not, we just keeps going up because right now we're really on the rise right now. And it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a part of this network. Me and Gooch are working tirelessly around the clock. Of course, I'm going to be a little busier in the next couple of days, but we have put ourselves in a position to keep going and uh, keep making waves. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go Cowboys beat those Broncos. Let's go. Let's go.